0: Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andres Zenoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. We have H O O.
1: the Dallas soccer show presented by the striker Texas in this episode we'll be talking about yet another FC Dallas loss this time at the hands of the Colorado Rapids in a 3-0 loss uh, yet another failure to score against Colorado uh, but we scored this week because back with us this week is our man in the stands Jonathan Ross Jonathan did you pass Nico as you're coming back from the great northern lands
0: yeah, we uh, as our as our planes were passing each other, we kind of waved hello, gave a knowing nod, uh, and then you know now now I'm in charge of uh, walking our, our fellow podcast listeners through the disaster that is the FC Dallas season.
1: <laughs> I actually just texted Nico, and he had he just, he's like, yeah, I didn't watch, and I don't plan to after hearing about it. So uh, I think he might have gotten the better shake there.
0: I, I think well, I don't know. Especially since I watched the match twice, uh, well, one, one once uh, Saturday night in a drunken rage, and then uh, again, you know, in, in preparation for the for the podcast. So,
1: <laughs> well, we'll get to that match here in a second. Let's go ahead and start off. We, there is a little bit of uh, non on the field news to cover. Just a just just a, a scotch, a smidgen, a pinch of news. Uh, Dante Seeley, uh is reportedly at the PSV training grounds in the Netherlands. He, as reported by John Arnold um, from The Striker, Texas, uh, he's there for training, not alone, as we might have originally thought, uh, but he's going to be training there for a few days, coming back uh, June 8th, so right in the middle of that international window. Um, And so, you know, it's good to see. I think he was one of the ones that went to... Uh, Bayern Munich as well over the over the winter. So it's good to see them the young guys getting some exposure. Um yet yet another potential potential European move on the cards, maybe?
0: Yeah, I would think so. I think Dante's probably one of the ones that's the closest, if not the closest to to making that move, especially knowing uh, he just turned 18 last month. Uh, and so he, it was one of the reasons why he, we, we knew he wasn't going to go anywhere until then. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's time for him to go and uh, test the waters out. So I'm not really surprised that uh, we, we see him PSV was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I hadn't seen them pop up before or rumored, um, but uh, you know, it's good to see Dante at least out there. I, I'd be surprised if he makes it to the end of the year, just based on he's, he's, he's got that size, he's got that athletic ability, right? That I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, somebody in Europe finds, uh, or gives, uh, FC D- Dallas, a, a nice offer for, uh, taking Dante Ceeley on.
1: Yep. Yeah, you'd love to see it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I guess. Yes. Unless you're a fan <laughs> who, who wants to watch these guys stick around for a couple of years. Uh, but, uh, at least we got to see him make his, uh, uh, First FC Dallas goal a couple of matches ago, so at least at least we got that. Un- unlike like you know Justin Che, who's yet to actually play for the first team and has been gone for for quite a few months now.
1: It's true. Uh, the cynic in me would say, uh, well, the Hunts have to pay for Hara's salary somehow. Uh, but the the optimist in me says this is a great opportunity for for Sealy and um, yet another notch in the belt for the club as far as developing
0: young talent i mean honestly it is so the, you know if we see if we see players continue to come through the academy get opportunities with the first team be able to sign on and then move on that's that is good right it's much better than uh you know them holding out and not even getting a homegrown contract so uh obviously as fans we'd like to see them stick around but uh from a from a player perspective, I mean, if you're putting yourself in uh, in in Sealy's uh, shoes, uh, if there's an opportunity for, for a club in Europe and that's something you're interested in, then, you know, I'll, you go for it. And if FC Dallas gives them that platform, uh, you know, that's better for the club as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, as fans, we do love to see it, but as fans, we did not love to see FC Dallas take on Colorado in Colorado. Jonathan, you want to walk us through through that match
0: uh, yeah, so so on Saturday night, uh, FC Dallas went to Colorado to uh, Dick Sporting Goods Park. Uh, Lucci brought out the same formation as he had in the, in the prior match, so the 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 3 or some was referring to it as the four one four one, with uh, uh, you know a couple of changes to how they traditionally play the 4-3-3, One of which is uh, Franco O'Hara really having a higher line. So really pushing, uh, uh, pushing forward on the offensive end versus kind of three in a row, which you'd seen or, or, or Hara falling back. Uh, and then also we've seen, uh, Tasman now for for two matches in a row sitting as that, that lone six, um, allowing Acosta and Ricarte to, to get forward. So, um, we saw that formation second time. I think the only change between the uh, the RSO match and this last match was uh, the switch out for hedges for Bresson, and that was because of, uh, of an injury that uh, that Maddie picked up uh, during the week that uh, is holding him out for potentially, uh, well, maybe not multiple games, but multiple weeks, just knowing that this uh, international break is coming on. Um, the scoring summary from an FC Dallas perspective – uh, that's, about it. That was, the, that was the entire, uh, that was the entire scoring summary, but, uh, I mean, Wait, I think I missed it. E- exactly. So, I mean, so <laughs> let's, let's get into it. So I'm not going to walk through everything in the, in the match. Let's get into it, Dustin. So FC Dallas, again, comes out with this formation in the first kind of eight, 10 minutes looks really good. So I think yep. we've seen this now for a few different matches where, uh, they're creating opportunities. Um, they look like that any point they're going to score, um, but the team's just never really able to execute. Uh, I guess coming out at, at that first part, right. Well, it was kind of zero, zero until, um, until the, it? uh, 13th minute. <laughs> it was a 13th minute. Yes, yeah, so I was like, I was looking for my nose until, until the 13th minute. Yes. Um, I mean, that's, yeah early early on we saw uh andres ricarde get get an option or an opportunity to score kind of the first minute and then we also saw uh Munjoma find horror inside the box uh and he forced a save by uh by the colorado keeper in the sixth minute and i mean it was for for you know the third or fourth game now we've seen fc dallas come out of the block strong um uh, but again we saw you know a an early goal given up by the, uh, by the back line. And uh, to me, this is, this is probably one of the, one of the things that, that jumps out to me with these formation changes is that, yeah, they're starting to create a lot more opportunities, but they're still not executing. They're still not actually scoring any goals. Um, and, uh, you know, giving up, uh, giving up three goals against Colorado is not really a great outcome.
1: Yeah. I mean, just to kind of start off with, um, you know, with just the way that they kind of came off this match, I, I have no doubt that if, if Matt Hedges was still available, that they would have come back out with the more defensive minded three at the back. Um, I don't, I don't know that this formation change was, was, uh, necessarily a choice by, by Lucci. I think this is the, he fielded the, the team that he had and then played the style that he wanted to play, uh, Um, I think the, the thing for me about this whole match, if you just want to talk about the match as a whole, how often the season have we said, this was a tale of two halves, um, where in one half the pressure's on, they're doing, they're doing their thing. They just don't score. And then the second half, it's a big let off. They absorb a lot of pressure. This was not that case. Uh, don't believe RSL was that case with that loss to real salt Lake and, I felt felt like FC Dallas actually played really well, and and Steve Steve Davis kind of pit it right on the head um, on the on the broadcast whenever he said that between the two final third in that middle third, FC Dallas did great. It was just in the final third they couldn't put away chances. They had lots of them. They just couldn't put them away, and then they gave away too many goals on uh, three goals on on not very many shots. I don't know. See how many shots uh that that Colorado had um not a lot so um you know it was kind of the, to start out off that that Keegan Rosenberry goal was just kind of against the run of the play it was it was a heck of a goal too um is from far out Munjoma kind of loses possession in in the mid, round midfield and uh then FC Dallas just scrambles to get back into position defensively. And the ball kind of pings around in front of goal. Jack price gets it over to Keegan Rosenberry who well outside the box from a, from kind of the corner of the, of the penalty area um, slots home past past Mauer. I wanted to ask you Jonathan about that goal. I, I'm wondering, I, I know that diving to his right is what kind of hurt Maurer's shoulder several matches ago. I don't remember which match it was I think it was uh, Portland um, where where Jimmy Maurer dove to his right kind of landed funny on his shoulder was this a case of him just thinking the ball was going to is gonna go wide or do you think that maybe he's still got some lingering uh, effects from that shoulder injury or maybe just kind of it's it was trying to kind of favor that shoulder
0: in any way so I didn't actually notice him trying to favor anything on that goal stop, goal stopping opportunity. I mean, to me, I thought it was more of a case of just a really good shot um, and maybe catching maybe catching Mauer off balance a little bit more than Mauer making a, a goalkeeping mistake.
1: Yeah, maybe it looked to me like he thought it was going to go wide and then he looked back and was like, oh, no, it didn't go wide. Uh, Is kind of the body language that I, I read. I, I also didn't see any any favoring throughout the rest of the match. But it just when I first saw it, I th- that thought crossed my mind: with why didn't he even dive? And then you watch back in slow mo, and you can kind of see.
0: No, I, no, I, I, I did. I didn't catch that. One of the things I was trying to look for on that on that goal was just trying to figure out where the the overall defensive lapse was, uh, because you saw uh, you know you know. Tasman's kind of playing the the sixth, right? And you already missed him. Mujroma kind of gave the ball away. Uh and then, you know, the Colorado kind of crosses in front of the goal. Tasman's still on the opposite side of the goal. So if the uh, on the I guess as the defense, he was still on the right side. There's really nobody coming out to stop the ball. I think uh Martinez stepped out right at the at the last minute, but it, um too I, much space t- too, too much space and and, and, I, and I wasn't sure in the formation that they're playing you know who was supposed to be taking that man right um and it, and it wasn't very clear it was and maybe that was maybe the fact that me watching and kind of rewinding and watching a few times uh, maybe the the players weren't quite as comfortable with uh, um with that with that setup or or who to play. I think it's it's one of the things I've definitely noticed with this formation the last two matches is that with just having only Tasman really is being the kind of the lone six, um, that space in front of the the center backs it seems like there's a lot more space there.
1: Yeah, I mean if you just, if it's a lone six, their job is to occupy the space directly in front of the the center backs and let the center backs play a little bit, cheat a little bit wider if they can. Um, but in in this case, I think. I think it might like if they were in a defensive formation to begin with. I think Acosta would have been in there to pick that up. But the fact that they were in transition and then the ball got coughed up, Mm -hmm. and then um, they had to scramble to get back. I don't think Acosta had finished his recovery run to get back to that position yet. I'm not saying that it his it's his fault. It's just I think that to answer your question, I think it would have been Acosta to pick that up.
0: I, I i could see that was actually one of the things i was i was looking for um and and it's one of those things as we'll go through the all three of the Colorado goals um there is kind of i mean none of them i can necessarily pinpoint and say this specific person should have taken sh- should have been the one that that stopped it right uh and this is you know, this is one of the, those cases that uh you know if we, if we want to Maybe hit on, on on the other ones. Obviously, the the next one was the one that was, uh, it was a, a corner kick. Yeah. It was 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 cleared away. Um, the the ball well, didn't Jonathan, get. Let's not let yeah. us not let us
1: not jump that far ahead because there's a lot that happened between them. Uh, there were there was a, a penalty shout for Obreon in the box, and then a very similar play that happened in. FC Dallas's box where, um, Brisson kind of, kind of tripped up. Was it trusty? Um, and, and, and actually got sent to VAR on that one and then given a penalty. So, I mean, did, did you, did you think that FC Dallas were hard done in, in those, uh, that penalty given penalty denied?
0: Um, not necessarily. So I think that the the, the first one against Obreon, um, I don't know if that was a clear, that, that didn't feel like a clear penalty to me, especially if it wasn't called at the time. Um, the The actual impact was kind of to the side and kind of to the back. And and I feel like he probably went down a little too easy. Uh, and I think that the fact that he went down so easy is probably what made the the ref kind of wave it off. But the the Brisson, the Brisson one, however, I mean I I don't think that that uh the touch or the trip that Brisan did was intentional at all. I think that was just feet getting mixed up. But in the end, I mean, the, whether it was intentional or not, uh, he definitely impeded the player in the box, uh, and so that, to me that that was a that was a foul.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I did some some looking uh, some stats gathering, if you will. Uh, FC Dallas, so far this season, seven seven games in, has conceded four penalties. Which uh, let's give some some uh, context to what that actually means. If you if you look at the season totals for 2016, it was they gave away four total. In 2016, four total in 2017, seven total in 2018, and eight total in 2019. Uh, and if you were to apply some math and assume a constant rate of penalty kicks, uh, they'd be on track for 19 PKs conceded this season. So... um
0: So, so Dallas I, is leading the league.
1: They are leading the league. The next, they have four. Yeah. The next highest is two. By um, I believe it's Seattle who also has um, has been awarded two penalty kicks and uh, and L A also has has two that they've conceded. I think oh and Montreal and Portland have all conceded two, but we've we're double the next the next uh, team. So. And,
0: and and I think FC Dallas was lucky not to pick up another one because I think honestly the. The, the foul later on uh, against I think it was Mikey in the box around the 60th minute I think was more of a more of a PK than the one that they awarded for Bertrand. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there.
1: I, I think it, overall, it's just a, a lack of mental concentration in the box by the entire team. You it's not just the defense it's the entire team. Cause one penalty came from O'Brien. One penalty came from a handball from Tessman. There was one from Brisson, I think two Brissons conceded two now. Um, So I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's less, it's, it's kind of about um, the, the scenarios that the defense gets put in where they're, they're put in these scenarios where they have to make plays. And they're they're not concentrating on them, and they're either getting scored on or having to commit a penalty, or or getting put in a tough spot where they accidentally commit a penalty.
0: Agreed. And I think that the the part that you know earlier on in the match actually concerned me more. We touched on kind of the lack of finishing, but I think that the Hoder uh, O'Brien O'Brien sorry had you know a, a couple that were just um you know complete whiffs, right? I think it was around the, around the 17th minute, right? There he had an opportunity uh in the in the box uh where uh he I think he completely missed the ball trying to stop it with his with his left foot and go towards goal. Um and then uh there was another opportunity where he was doing kind of like a one I think Acosta set him up uh he got the ball kind of and ran directly at the defenders in the box versus kind of laying it back off to acosta on kind of a quick give and go uh it's you know it's the decision making on the offensive side that i think concerns me more because i, I do think that fc dallas yes they've had a couple of these games like this one where they've given a lot of goals i think they can fix that um but you know they do They've yet to find uh, a fix for their offensive woes, and they continued in this game.
1: Yeah, and you know when you can focus a lot more on defense whenever you've actually scored goals and you're you're ahead because game state matters, right? Where if they're if they're able to sit back and and, and actually focus more on defense because they're not trying to also score, um, then then there's going to be less opportunities given to the opponent in, in, uh, ways that expose them. (laughs) So for sure. Um, all right. So then now getting back to your, your point, um, on the, the, the next goal where it was hard to, to put a pin on who was the cause here, besides the fact that the team, so, uh, I guess we should not omit the fact that Jimmy Maurer saves the penalty, said penalty kick. Uh, so yay for that. Um, it, I, I think by the time I had texted yay to, to uh, you uh, we, this next play had already happened. You want to walk us through that one?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so there is, so after the penalty save, uh, there's an ensuing corner kick. Uh, the, the ball gets initially cleared by FC Dallas. FC Dallas is, uh, away on the break, uh, and quickly loses the ball, uh, to Colorado. Colorado gets the, you know, kicks the ball back towards uh, FC Dallas's goal. Uh, there's a couple of players who are actually offsides who held up smartly. Uh, and uh, the Colorado player, I can't remember who it was that actually scored, made 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 the run, trusty 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 made the run uh came up on the left side i uh, shot at the at the goal jimmy was able to deflect it uh but unfortunately deflected off of uh off of testman into the goal so again another one of those it's like all right it's 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 two nothing now it's almost like a like a flute goal but um i mean it's well, you keep seeing these things. It's no longer. Uh, it's no longer. No longer a fluke, right?
1: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where FC Dallas, if they if they get the if they get pressure put on them, it seems like it's only a of time matter of time until something just something fluke like that happens. Some a defenseman makes a a uncharacteristic error or um a a ball just ricochets in right it's the it's it's i mean i want to say it's kind of been an unlucky season from the defensive standpoint almost just taking a look at all these
0: i I could say at least in in this match the first couple I, i think in in the last match you guys touched on it right there was uh i think a couple of uh lapses by you know the the captain hedges right that you could kind of point to that you that caused it in this in this in this match you know i don't think i saw that at least not on the um on the on the first two goals i'm sure we'll get into the third one uh here in a minute
1: yeah yeah the first two the ones that mattered <laughs> right exactly um, <laughs> uh yeah testman he's there to help not much, not much else he can do It just happened so fast. If he tries to maybe like, I think I've heard some people say that he should have tried to deflect it the other way. Well, guess what? He would have deflected it with his arm. Uh, and so then it would have been same, same story or different, different uh, story, probably the same result. So, um, I just, just an unlucky series of events. The, the thing, the thing that, that, um, you've got to do there though is you've got to get over and you've got to car, like cover that man that's running up the side as soon as you can. So if you if, if I were to put blame on anybody, I would probably put it on Munjoma uh, again uh, for for not being over there to to put pressure on and letting Trusty just walk down the side of the box, the edge of the box. But I mean and I think it was it was not a stellar half of football for Eddie Mangioma. Uh is he's, he's he's a young kid I mean we're gonna expect some mistakes uh, but I think at halftime Lucci Gonzalez made two subs he pulled out Eddie uh, Eddie, Eddie Manjoma and Freddie Vargas I almost said Eddie Vargas but it's there's extra letters there uh, Freddie Vargas and Eddie Manjoma, and put in Paxton Palmy call for 45 minutes worth of soccer so that's exciting and then put in John Nelson at at right back which, sorry, at left, he put him at left back, and and Ryan Hong's had moved to the right. So, um, not a, not a stellar outing for Monjoma.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't think that it was absolutely horrible or anything like that. Uh, and you, we've seen the offensive, uh, his offensive production or you know, his his ability to get forward has actually improved the last couple of matches. So I don't, I don't think this is necessarily. I'm gonna keep Monjoma off of uh, you know any any future starting lineups but we'll we might actually talk about that a bit more uh, in next week's pod kind of looking forward but uh, uh, agreed what was was probably one of his uh, his worst matches. and I think Lucci also just knew 2 zero he had to make some changes and I think so bringing in bringing in Nelson to help shore up that uh, that back line um and then you know Vargas also. I, I think this is one of his poor matches as well. in that first half, so mm-hmm. bringing in, bringing in packs. And I think it was, I was, I was, I was happy to see that Lucci made those choices at halftime, uh, versus continuing to try to ride this out to the 60 or 70th minute, which is what he's typically done in the, in the last few matches when FC Dallas was down.
1: Yeah. He tends to think that, you know, Hey, the game plan is working. So I'm just going to stick with the game plan. Uh, but in this case, it was very obvious that it wasn't working. And so changes were made. I think this is a really interesting match for John Nelson because when he came in, one thing that I've noticed that had has inc- improved dramatically is his ability to get a cross in. I saw several instances of crosses that were sent to... Uh, in the box to Hara, and they were really accurate. The defense played them well, but the, it's it's the type of cross that we hadn't seen from from Nelson very much so far this season, apart from the one goal that they had in San Jose, I believe, um, where he got the assist on Hara's goal. Not only that, but he got to uh, have a little bit of time at, at center back too, which is interesting for him, especially depending upon – how bad the the martinez injury is he came off uh was holding his leg i believe
0: yeah it was hard to tell the the extent like you said of of that injury and obviously they've got a few weeks to uh before their next match for for martinez to to straighten that out but um
1: i think there was an injury concern for him coming into this match too because i think he left the the last he, one early as well.
0: Yeah, he left the last one early as well and and i couldn't tell if it was just a rotation thing or if there was there was something wrong with him but uh in this case he definitely looked like uh, there was something bothering him and so uh you know he came out uh, at the uh for he he came out at the 79th minute um and emma came in for i think it was his season debut so uh, it was good to see uh, Tomasi back in the in the lineup
1: yeah, and Tomasi had a pretty good upside as well, covering over on the right, the right hand side. Um, he uh, made—I think he was defensively had a couple of shaky moments, but recovered well, and um, looked like he was connecting well with his teammates on on offense as well. So, uh, but before any of that happened, uh, the 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 man that we all knew was just going to come back and haunt us. Michael Barrios puts the nail in the coffin, the proverbial coffin, and gives Colorado a three nil three nil lead. You kind of felt that one coming, didn't
0: you, Jonathan? You, you felt that one coming, and it was also, I think, a result of the the formational shift and the uh, the change that Lucci made. So, it's like in the sixty eighth minute, I think it was sixty eight, uh, right before that that goal from Barrios, uh, he Lucci pulls Tasman for Pepe. Uh, which is, you know, I understand they're, I mean, they're down 2 0 at that point. Uh, I'm all for going for to try to get some goals because you lose 2 0, 3 0, 4 0, doesn't really matter. It's no points. Um, and so, you know, yep. T- Tessman, who's been in that space uh, on top of the box uh, as, as the sixth for, you know, the, the first 68 minutes, uh, gets taken off. And two minutes later, uh, Barrios kind of goes across top of the box. Uh, and in scores uh, with, with his, you know, it was, it was a, a good goal with his right foot. Um, and, and it wasn't just that one because the, there was two other opportunities that the that Colorado had that were almost the exact same, the exact same play. <laughs> one was, I think, overshot and the other one, I think, was uh, was blocked by the by a player. But uh, it, Colorado quickly adjusted to, to that space that they saw with that's been going out.
1: Yeah, that you're, you're exactly right. That that substitution really upset the defensive balance. That that um, you know, Lucci always talked about that balance, and it was super evident that as soon as he made that that substitution, the the balance got upset, and there was it was Calardo who had really absorbed so much pressure, and then kind of hit on the counter. Looked a lot more dangerous following mm-hmm. that substitution, um, and it really opened up the field for them, and, and they made FC Dallas
0: pay for it. it, it, it Agreeing, it. it was one of those ones. So that this was another match where FC Dallas, in the second half, you know, bringing in the subs did push the tempo, right? And push things similar to what they did in the first first half. Um and it looked like they were on the the verge of scoring. Hara had like a and Hara had actually a really good play where uh, I think it was uh Wilson on the defense that he kind of fought off um and got wide open in front of the box like twelve yards out uh and shoots it and the, the keeper had to to tip it over um the the bar to to defend it. Now maybe he could have placed it better, you know, being being uh Basically, just him against the keeper, um, but yeah, I think it was a, a good piece of athleticism to, to at least win that ball and get the shot. And then you know there was there's a few other opportunities early on in the in the half, but yeah, that the dagger was that that Barrios goal um, was pretty much uh, was pretty much the end of the uh, the opportunities or any hope for FC Dallas to come back in this match.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, it was. It was- not not a fun night at all. Um, I think I think there were some some good things to take from it. The the possession, uh, you know, that's I guess that's a good thing to take from it. We saw some some folks come in and and get some time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm real really stretching for a reach here. Um, uh, trying to find something. I, I think. The tale of the night though, you hit it on it earlier, is just the wastefulness in the final third. The the team did really well overall of connecting and getting the ball up the field, which has been a problem up until the past two matches. Um in in this one, FC Dallas created twenty one shots to yep. Colorado's thirteen. That's that is uh it's a lot higher than it has been. So that's a plus, but the problem is, is that that Hara and Obreon and Vargas just were super wasteful. I think they they each tied for four giveaways, and which uh, led which led the team uh, by I think double the next person. So, it just wastefulness in that final third, and I don't know what we do to fix it. I don't know. I mean, I, this is going to sound maybe a little cynical. I think it. it and so i'll I'll pep i'll I'll preface what I'm about to say with it's the, r- r- despite everything that's happened so far, if you look at the table, yes, FC Dallas are in last, but they're three points away from a playoff spot. So, as bad as it feels, the the upshot here is they're one one win away from being in a
0: playoff position. So, now, you, you hit it, the the first thing you mentioned I was going to call out too, right, is you look at the standings, and uh, luckily the West is a an S show right now. So, uh, so it doesn't <laughs> – we like, we like, We'll just call it – it's it has great parity. That's right. It has very, very great parity. There's a lot of really poorly performing teams in the West right now. Um, so from, from that perspective, yes, uh, FC Dallas isn't really out of it. Um, I, I honestly feel like they're a better team than this, but I, I see, cause I see positive things that are happening in some of these matches. But on the other hand, I take a look and, and realize that their only win was really handed to them by a Portland team who heavily rotated, uh, so that they could save legs for uh, a, a CCL match. Right. And so, um, it's, it's obviously it's it's not good enough. I do think that some of the things tactically that Lucci's tried over the last three or four games have shown some promise, right? That there's you know some potentials, uh, potentially some things he can do with the club to turn around. Um, but I, I'm I'm to the point now where I feel like it's more of an execution issue than a tactical issue, uh, especially especially at the front end. I, I know Dustin. Uh, I think next week we're going to have a special guest. We're going to be talking about. Formations and personnel and that kind of stuff. So I think maybe next week we'll talk more looking forward around how Lucci can fix it. Um, but obviously, what they're doing now uh, is is not good enough. Uh, they they've got to turn this around over the next few matches, or it's it is going to be too late. I think the the mediocrity of of the West will at some point uh, go away and if, if FC Dallas is running anywhere near this rate uh they're going to sit at the bottom of the standings through the entire rest of the of the season so let's, yeah Let, let's let's see what Lucci can do with that, with with 3 weeks um but there's there's some huge issues that the club needs to solve for
1: yeah i i think i think I'll agree with you on the 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 initial setup I I still think that there is a lot of work to do about the in-game tactical adjustments that are made. This game being one of them, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's everyone's got some improvement to do here and they're going to need to do it. They've got some, like I said, they got some time. Let's hope that they get to it. All right. So. There is no match in the next week before we see you again. As Jonathan said, we will be back next week uh, with a special guest. um, Barring some unforeseen circumstances, you you probably know who this guy is. Uh, Can't quite say who it is yet, but um, we'll expect an announcement once we we shore things up completely and get an actual calendar invite. (laughs) But uh, Jonathan? Thanks for thanks for joining me. Welcome back. Wish it was under better circumstances.
0: It's good to be back, Dustin. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe next time uh, there's a match, we, we can we can celebrate three points. There's always that hope.
1: I want to celebrate three points again. Well, I am Dustin Nation for Jonathan Ross. You can find us on on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show, online at DallasSoccerShow.com. And also over at thestrikertexas.com where you can see all kinds of good stuff from our friends. uh, John John Arnold got the team covered from front to back. Um, So head on over to any of those places if you want to see us or connect with us. And as always, thanks for listening.